It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with we'll indoor kart racing. And we're recording on Monday evening when it is raining again. But the good news is it's not raining inside Joe's Carding because they have a roof and gutters. Yeah, and but they, if it wasn't raining, they could have a slick track today. They could. Let's talk some racing. Do you want to do news or results first? We only got a little bit of results, you know, but uh, either or, I'm I'm game. Let's do something. Let's power through the Duramax Dryden 400 race results. Race was originally scheduled to be on Sunday. Uh, what, 70-some laps were completed before the red flag was displayed and rain delayed the race to Monday. Which, yeah, I think they parked them at 79 laps, I think. Yeah. Uh, stage one, they ended up resuming the race. Uh, what was stage yeah. one? 100 laps? 120, 130, and 150 were the three okay. stages. All right. Uh, Denny Hamlin ends up winning stage number one. Stage number two was won by Ryan Blaney. Uh, 17 lead changes among 10 different drivers, 13 cautions. For 75 total caution laps. Kyle Bush was the most lap leader, 103 laps. He led two different times. Next would have been Ross Chastain, four different times for 86 laps. Then it was Chase Elliott, three different times for 73 laps. Then Denny Hamlin, twice for 67 laps. I apologize to all the Kyle Larson fans. Uh, he looked good. He was the odds on favorite. I picked him to win the race. He finished sixth. Well, he, he spun himself out. He was running the top 10 um, early in the second segment and spun himself out. Yeah. Sixth in stage one, didn't finish in the top 10 in stage two for Kyle Larson. Who'd you end up taking? Larson. Oh. Well, then you gained, uh, we, we split there, didn't we? Well, yeah, I gained zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, in my luck, though, you'd still gain on me somehow. Yeah. Yeah, well. I gained $49 on you. There you go. I fell to 24th. I continue my fall through the ranks after being, I think I was as high as sixth. I didn't even look yet, but uh, I should be in the upper thirties somewhere. There we go. I was, I was as high as seventh. You are sitting 37th. You're tied with dry slick racing. Yeah. So I didn't change. That's where I was before. And okay. that might not be, is that updated then? Yep. It's updated. Oh, okay. Looks like uh, I fell a spot. Yep. Yeah, I did. I stayed the same. So I'd imagine there was a lot of people that took Lars. So well, let's just find out. Uh, Dreadeen 400, because I've got it at the click of a button. Kyle Larson, most picked driver for the Dreadeen 400. 17 people picked him. Alex Bowman was next with 15. Then Danny Hamlin with eight. Ryan Blaney, seven. And Ross Chastain was the fifth most picked. The fifth most picked picked driver with uh, six picks. So, so the uh, the Hamlin and, and Blaney picks, you know, we gained on them, whoever they were. Hamlin finished 21st and Blaney finished 26th after winning stage number one. Oh, he got out of sequence on pit stops. He's, that's how he got the lead to win stage two. Okay. 
And so then he had to pit and he ended up in the back and that didn't work out so well. Okay. It was, it was another arrow track. Yeah. All there was okay. to it. Okay. It's boy. It seems like we make a gain on one track and we, we either stay neutral or we lose, which is just a dumb statement. <laughs> Dirk, well, we did three it, different things. We either gained, stayed neutral, or we lost. The mile and under tracks, the racing hasn't been that great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We need some more miles because I think Vegas was a pretty good race. Uh, I think the super speedways have been super speedway racing. But there was there was times today when the top 10 from like first to second was a a second and a quarter, second to third was 1.3 seconds. I mean, just, you know, one point some seconds, first to second, second to third, third to fourth, fourth to fifth, you know, mm-hmm. just struck out, uh, you know, look like uh, a world outlaws race at, at I-80 Speedway, how they'd get all strung out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but it was very arrow dependent. There was several times, uh, one time was Denny Hamlin got on the back. Who did he get up close to? And it took him forever to try and get a pass down. And that was only because the guy got got loose. But I can't remember who he passed. Um, same thing with Martin Truex trying to get by Blaney. And Blaney was on worn, worn tires. But yeah. Truex could, could get up to him but couldn't pass him. So that, you know, they were talking about that diffuser. Isn't that supposed to kind of stop that bubble of air from uh, killing the momentum of the car behind? Um, uh, what I understood is the diffuser was another thing. If the car got turned backwards to keep the car on the ground. Oh, okay. I know there's some, air, there's some tech in there that is supposed to stop, you know, the bubble that, it, that created, that's created around the car. So a car can, you can catch them, but then to get, it, it takes so much more horsepower to keep the car to get through that, to punch through that hole, that, that wall of air. And so they were, they were trying to find some technology that would break that bubble up. And I thought they did with the last car for, for a couple of tracks, but maybe it's gone in the other direction with this one. Well, they cut the spoiler down. So that's not knocking as big a hole in the air, Mm -hmm. you know, so that that's going to hurt the car behind. And even if it takes more horsepower, all the horsepower is within two or three horsepower on each engine. So that's, You know, except some of the back markers, obviously. So that's not a, a relevant statement in there. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny that Elliot uh, won the race because he had some tires that quartered out. That was a big problem. Was it Blaney right at the beginning? Yeah, it might have been Ryan Blaney right at the very beginning of the race. They did a 40-lap competition caution. I'm thinking it was Blaney. It was either Blaney or Chase Elliott come in and had quartered the right front. Nobody else had, but he mm-hmm. had. And uh, so they made some adjustments, but I, I just don't remember if it was one of those two. And uh, they had a lot of guys poured tires, you know, Tyler Reddick was the, was probably the best one. I mean, they color Reddick's radio and he says, I think I'm poured in the right front. He goes, I need to come in. And he, he's saying that going down the front straight away. And then they're watching him come down the back straight away. And he pulls into the pits. So and when he pulls into the pits, the tire cord is beaten on the side of the car. It was the right front. Mm. So he knew exactly what was happening. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, um, I don't think anybody blew a tire out. Denny Hamlin didn't get a nut on, so we'll see what happens to him on Tuesday. Yeah, he's probably pretty much gonna tell you what's going to happen to him, but we'll just make sure it does. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, that was even funny because the tire changer knew he he didn't have a nut on. He went without a nut on. It didn't oh. come on. The nut wasn't on, and the tire changer 
I don't know if the nut fell out of the gun or whatever, but he is trying to get his hand up inside the window net to get Hamlin's attention because the jackman dropped the jack. Mm -hmm. And of course the tire carrier, like they always do, they're pointing for him to get going and kick yeah. in yep. everything else. And the tire changers, they're on his knees going, no, <laughs> and he went about 10 feet and the tire come off. Yeah. But before, if you, if you went off without one lug nut, you still had four on there. Not a big deal. You received a penalty exactly. if NASCAR saw it or caught it, whatever. It was a what ten thousand dollar fine, I think. Yeah, yeah, for the the base the base nut ten thousand dollar fine and and uh, I don't even think they took points on one luck. I think they took points on two lugs, but not on one. So. See, I didn't think it was that. I thought it was three, but it doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, you you have a loose lug nut now or no lug nut, you're not going very far. Yeah. So, well, and I mean, that's what happened to him. He was leading the race. Mm -hmm. He was coming out of pit road first on the uh, segment one pit stop. Well, you know, uh, then he got in the back and he's working his way through the field and Cody Ware got loose coming out of turn four, bounced off the, on the track, Scott, they said it a hundred times. So it's got a nine degree bank on the straightaway mm -hmm. and Hamlin tried to go low and Cody Ware is just cleaning himself, you know, rolling down the track and got him what would be you know, at the end of the passenger door, right in front of the rear tire. And even though it's a composite body, it opened him up like a can opener. Yeah. He hit the wall a little bit. And yeah. It's like all good. Mentioned, Denny Hamlin finished 21st. Let's go through the results and we'll get to the headlines. Chase Elliott ended up getting the race win, finished second in stage one, 10th in stage two, led 73 total laps, 50 points on the day. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished second, Ross Chastain third, Christopher Bell fourth, Alex Bowman fifth. Larson, Kyle Busch, Chris Buescher, Kevin Harvick, and Eric Jones round out your top 10. Uh, Dirk, we're seeing a couple of guys up in there that, you know, again, Ross Chastain, that that one car is is on fire right now. Uh, good to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with a top, top three finish. He ended up finishing uh, second. Yeah, Stenhouse, as over his career, Dover's probably been his best track. He's got a couple top fives up there. Um, and uh, he was racing real hard with Ross right towards the end. And I had Ross in that in Boyer's money deal. I'm going, Ross, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah um, a good run for him. Um, Chris Busher stayed competitive all day. Um, he gets his a top 10. Uh, Kyle Bush was a comer and a goer. Like I said, he led the most laps on the day, but um, got behind a little bit and uh, they're late in the race and everybody was out of tires. They only had eight sets of tires. They asked for more tires on the overnight during the delay. NASCAR said no. So tires were a huge factor in the race today. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Busch, 31st. Tyler Reddick, 30th. Joey Logano, 29th. We talked about Blaney, 26th. Hamilton, 21st. Brad Kozlowski. Uh, I had a, a patron at the library pub tell me his pick for Sunday was going to be Tyler Reddick. And uh, I was strongly considering taking him until I saw he was starting 26th and uh, doesn't look like he had a very good day. Ended up finishing uh, 10 laps down and uh, fell back four spots from the starting grid. Well, after uh, he'd worked himself, he'd worked himself up into the top 10, but then he had that tire issue and uh, then he up bouncing off the wall. One time Kurt Busch got, got punted into the wall on like a, one of them little accordion deals going into turn one. Uh, Logano hit the wall. 
you know, all those guys finished together back there, but yeah, they were all off the wall. Uh, not Briscoe, um, two car. Cindric. Cindric. He got into the wall and fixed and they showed him going back out on the track, but he, he missed the five minute clock. So they black flagged him. I think that does it for our results from Dover. Overall, what would you give it for a rating? A C. It, uh, <clears throat> outside of a few segments where they had some good racing for the lead, and that was usually on restarts. There wasn't a whole lot of, of passing for the lead. Somebody uh, have a good car in the middle of a run, you know, lap 40, their car would take off and, and run like hell for 20 laps. Kyle Busch did it once. Alex Bowman did it once. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't as good a race as, as what we had on a couple of the races early. Currently, your playoff standings look like this. William Byron is your uh, leader with two wins. Ross Chastain also has two wins, but Byron has a few extra points. Chase Elliott now bumps himself up into third with picking up that win. And I believe he is the overall points leader with 418. And he's got a substantial lead. I'm seeing 353 from Kyle Busch and William Byron. Oh, no, Brian Blaney's got 368. So he's, yeah, I think, Blaney's second. Blaney's in there somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, but and Kate Elliott's also the fourth Hendrick car to qualify for the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Busch and Alex Bowman are five. And again, that's your playoff standings if they were to start today with William Byron leading. And uh, boy, we'd love that Chast- uh, Chastain train sitting up there in the top two. Ray Evernham thinking about auctioning off some of his cars from his personal collection. So if you, uh, Want to get involved in that? Let's see. Some of the highlights include 1965 Bronner Hawk Ford Dean Van Line Special that was driven by Mario Andretti in back-to-back IndyCar championships in 1965 and 1966. That's one of the many highlights of the cars. Looks like there's going to be about 30 vintage cars that are going to be sold uh, coming up here in May. I wonder what he needs the money for. <laughs> Maybe just a uh, wife's like, all right, spring cleaning, get rid of some cars. Post-race inspection at Dover is complete. Chase Elliott is officially the winner. There was no other issues with team. Find out about um, Denny Hamlin's penalty. What you think tomorrow or probably tomorrow. Yeah. Usually they've been announcing those uh, tire penalties on Tuesdays here lately, but I mean, if he should get the status quo, he'll lose his crew chief for four races, a couple crewmen for four races. And I don't remember what, what the fine's been. The fine been 50 grand? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, that's, I mean, we missed a week. We didn't have one last week, so I forgot all about it. <laughs> uh, Martin Trucks Jr. and Kyle Busch both have not been signed for the 2023 season at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Racing is uh, one of the candidates to possibly steal away Martin Trucks Jr. or Kyle Busch. So if you're Stuart Haas Racing and you're looking at uh, Kyle Busch and Martin Trex Jr., both not having a signed contract with Joe Gibbs, one, are you putting, uh, are you moving forward and would be your preferred driver for uh, maybe filling in, taking over for Eric Amarola in the 10 car? Yeah, that's not even a question. Um, Tony Stewart's in good with uh, uh, Morris that owns uh, Bass Pro Shops. So Truex would probably get signed because he's got that, got the money with Morris from Bass Pro Shops and Kyle mm-hmm. Bush don't, don't bring any money at the current point. Yeah, and it, I, you know, we, we should probably get into a deeper conversation about this. I don't know if we'd want to do it uh, on this one or maybe on the next one, but um, Kyle Bush's 
future doesn't look very bright for 2023. He's having sponsor issues and he's kind of getting back to being the Kyle Bush that people would tolerate as long as he's winning, but he's been kind of struggling the last year and a half. I don't know. He won races. So he won a race this year already. And, you know, he's had several top fives. So it's, it's I don't really think he's struggling this year. Um, I guess I, I'm kind of feeling like it's struggling considering it's Kyle Bush. Well, then, you know, then what did he do last year? Last year, he must have fallen off the face of the earth, but he still <laughs> won a race. You know, I mean, just some of these young racers that are in there and, you know, that are winning these races. I don't think Bush is struggling. I just think some of these kids are good. I mean, I know Ross Chastain's good. You know, Chase Elliott's already a proven champion. Kyle Larson, we know, can win and is a champion. You know, it's not like he's losing races to to Racky Stanhouse and, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of the rookies or anything. He's not losing a lot of races to Cole Custer. And, uh, you know, he has lost a couple um, to uh, Chase Briscoe. Mm-hmm. But again, some of these young guys can really, really uh, get up on the wheel and are getting it done. And, you know, when you lose your main sponsor um, that's been around for a while, it's just kind of, you know, hey, we're bored with the race and we're going to go do something else type deal. Um I think he could honestly take his rowdy energy drink and probably sponsor a couple of races. Yeah. You know, so he can bring a little bit to the table. I, I think he'll be in a car next year. It's just a matter of where. Did your gut say Joe Gibbs racing or he's done with, with uh, JGR? Well, I think he's with JGR if Truax leaves. Ah. Uh. Because JGR doesn't want to make two major changes in one season. Correct. But I think if just one of those two guys goes, I see um, the young Gibbs uh, moving up in the cup, even though we talked before. And I don't think after one one season in Xfinity that he's ready for that. Yeah. You know, that's my opinion. And I'm not paying the bills. So, you know, <laughs> Grandpa can definitely afford to go ahead and sponsor the car for him, even though they got, I'm, I'm sure they've got money behind it. But, you know, with him getting into a fight on pit road in the first eight or 10 races of the season, didn't help his sponsor face that much. Yeah. You know, and I think one thing that hurt Kyle was his recent comment about, uh, you know, when they were asking him, you know, whether he was, you know, when do you want this deal done? And he said yesterday. And, uh, then they asked him, uh, what, what the, I can't remember what the question, but, but basically about the contract and Gibbs. Mm-hmm. He said, if it gets done, it gets done. If it doesn't, bye. Happens, <laughs> time will tell. Speaking of Kyle Bush, he was scheduled to be in a Goodyear tire test uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week at Pocono. The first time the new gen car, the current generation car, would be tested at Pocono uh, again with, uh, with uh, doing some testing with Goodyear and some different compounds. Kyle, Daniel Suarez, and Eric Amarola were the three cars scheduled to be at the tire test, but it's been delayed a week. Uh, I would assume because it's raining over most of the area and it tends to rain at Pocono, that's the reason why, but I, um, I haven't seen why. Oh, inclement I, weather. There we go. There we go. It I is was going to say a, a combination of the weather and a combination of the Monday race. I think that's got yeah. a little to do in, into it, too. You know, because it puts the whole team behind the eight ball. And if they've got to go up there and do some tests, 
because they're probably going to take the crew chief along and a couple crew guys and and stuff. I could be wrong on that, but I can't see him doing a bunch of tire changing and stuff like that without crew people there, yeah. you know. And As NASCAR a result of NASCAR's Cup Series that. race at Dover Motor Speedway being rescheduled for Monday due to Sunday's inclement weather, weather this week's tire test scheduled at Pocono has been postponed. If I'd have just read that opening line, then uh, I'd have, I'd have had the answer. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was because of the race on Monday at yeah. Pocono. That's yep. the first thing I thought. Leonard Skinner set to perform at the Ultimate American Salute before the 63rd running of the Coca Cola 600. Uh, great. Great rock and roll band. Uh, that'd be a fun one I'd like to go and see, but I have zero interest in purchasing tickets to uh, the Coca-Cola 600. Well, um, from what I understand, um, I think uh, Skinner is going to do their farewell tour this year. Oh, wait, again? Or, or is this their first one? As far as I know, it's their first one. Okay. Um, my so-called grandson... Um, was actually he's re real good friends has become good friends with i want to say it's ricky medlin one of the guitar players yeah for skinner and he was actually at one of skinner's rehearsals like last week for this tour coming up and he's oh. the one that told me that so cool good deal all right we're going to uh kind of cut it short a little bit here we're going to get over into turn number two we're going to talk with cole newhoffen crew chief for the number 14 sprint car throughout the area that's joey danley racing we're going to talk to Cole about uh, quite a bit of things. Joey Danley, his 2022 season or 2021 season, some of the results, some of the ups, some of the downs, and then also going to crew chief and, and or just not really crew chief, but working for a couple of other teams and getting some extra experience. Uh, good interview with Cole. We did down at the World of Wheels car show. So we'll come back Thursday. We'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come. We're also going to talk about the whole Kyle Larson and Kevin Rumley World of Wheels or World of uh, World of Outlaw late model issue that's going on uh they were a little upset this weekend about some procedural issues so i kind of want to give it another couple of days and see if world of outlaws puts out a statement or we see something from them because so far we've seen their side of it and dirk like you and i were talking about uh before we hit the record button there's three sides to every story yep here's mine and the truth so but i mean just from looking i mean uh, the first night down there at Bristol, they had 22 late models. And the, the second night, they had 21. And I didn't see if Larson ran the second night. I know there was a pretty good crash, I think, the first night. So I thought that's the only person that was missing. Mm -hmm. But uh, the World Outlaws late model series is having problems. And Brandon Shepard recently um, announced that he's not going to follow the series anymore. And he's like the champion. Yeah, but he, he's leading the points in the world in the Lucas Oil series, so he's going to go concentrate on that. I know that, and this is something that we should probably have more of a late model guy on, like Anthony Ainsley, to kind of talk about this. Or, um, you know, there's plenty of other late model guys that follow the national stuff. I don't follow it, and you know, the only time I get into national late model news is right around the middle of July and then sometime around September. Uh, that's about the only time national late model news interests me. So I don't really pay much attention to it, but it's my feeling that is the same thing that we've heard several drivers that have left the world of outlaw series for one reason or another. And, you know, I had one guy mention to me, the world of outlaws is really treading on uh, uh, thin ice because yeah. they're losing all of their stars for one reason or another. 
Well, they're, they're, you know, they go to a place like Bristol, which is supposed to be kind of one of their showcase events, not necessarily money wise, but they're still running Bristol and they can't get a full field of cars. Mm -hmm. The racers figured out a year ago that that place is so fast when, if you bounce off the wall there, you have thrown away your car, you know? And, uh, yeah, they just, you know, they don't want to go to a place like that. It just, the risk versus reward ain't there. All right, like I said, turn number two, just around the corner, Cole Newhoffen going to join us. And uh, then we're going to be back on Thursday to get you guys set for the weekend of racing to come. For Dirk Houston, I'm... Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sCarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today for all, wait, no, get over to the lube every race day, whether it be a Thursday night, uh, Lucas Oil late model race, a Friday night, Saturday night, uh, World of Outlaw sprint car race, Saturday night, Sunday, uh, NASCAR race, or the occasional Mother Nature shifted Monday race. They're all on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bus, the official watering hole of the front stretch. And they always Joining have us, food and beverage. Oh, they do. Joining us on the show now is one of the uh, top crew chiefs in the industry, uh, <laughs> but he's still looking to get paid. But he's um, a college student. Yeah, still still <laughs> anything. Just pay him and anything, <coughs> Joey. <coughs> Just pay the poor guy while you're at it. Uh, Cole Newhouse and joining us. How you doing, bud? Good. I butchered that, didn't I? No, you're pretty close. Oh, was I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't say your name very often, and even those that I do, I still screw them up. So you're you say, not surprised you say at Cole all. Cole all the time. <laughs> I can get Cole just fine. And that's all we're going to call him for quite a while. That's fine with me. The Big C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I racer throughout the. Uh, well, I guess I, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, avid I racer was. Not so much anymore. You've kind of retired? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, and that's what we originally were trying to get you on the show for, but just could never get around to it. I, I'm going to take full blame for that. Um, <laughs> but then uh, you've also been helping uh, Joey Danley on his number 14 sprint car for the last couple of years. Yeah, I've helped him for, I think this is my fifth or sixth year. I started when I was 14 because that's 
well, the old rule was you had to be 14 to be in the pits at Eagle. They just changed that, I think, last year or the year before, which I think is really good. But, yeah, I was, had to wait to be able to help him until I was 14. So, And uh, so doing that crew chief, and then also uh, not just for Joey, but you also helped out quite a few other people. Yeah, I helped Jason Johnson racing quite a bit. Philip Dietz has given me an amazing opportunity to help them guys. It's been so cool to work with the Outlaw teams and uh, he's taught me so much. I mean, he's one of the best crew chiefs in the world right now. So um, anytime I have a question, whether it's something we may try different on Joey's car or anything like that, he's always willing to give me an answer and give me an honest opinion on stuff. So, yeah, Philip is the smartest and, uh, guy I know. So, Who was the outfit that uh, you did a lot of midget stuff with a summer or two ago? Uh, yeah, last April or May, I, went, I did Indiana Midget Week with Chad Boat and Chad with Boat. Chris Windham and Ryan Timms. Yep. So I was in Indiana for like three week, three weeks with them. So yeah, that was really like fun. Little Indy Five Hundred or what do they call that? The Little Indy. Were you at that race? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I was just at Indiana Midget Week. It was like ten races in eleven days or something. But they they race like out at uh, what do they call it now? Is it O'Reilly Raceway Park or Lucas Oil Raceway Park? The little track. Oh, uh, we didn't race miles. there. We're, oh. There's a bunch of like dirt tracks in Indiana. They're all within like an hour of each other. There's like eight different tracks within an hour of each other, and they're all like big tracks so, so it was all dirt race and there yes. was no asphalt yeah, in there. Yeah. Okay. all dirt races yeah and did you go to the chili bowl and help somebody no i did not unfortunately school just never lines up with the chili bowl Damn so. it, that's school yeah that's some bull what else you got going on said you're uh, in college uh, getting an education yep uh, i'm a business major and also education major so yeah any engineering stuff i thought about it but Maybe someday. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he'll teach it as an education. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> what are you teaching? Sprint car? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the best one around. So you guys had some success last year. I think unanimous decision throughout the pits at Eagle Raceway was uh, Joey, you, and that 14 team were probably the fastest team out there. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, when I first started, I didn't know anything, obviously, and I feel like since I've started to help with Phil and getting more knowledge and working with Joey and getting a more better understanding of the uh, engineering aspects of the car and what you can change to make the car better, I feel like Phil has helped me a lot to better understand those little parts that can help. And Kevin and I, we're, we're, it's a team effort. Um, yeah, we both work with each other really well. And we found a we had a new car last year, which worked really well, I think. And, yeah, um, we just have a really good package at Eagle right now. Well, you look at a sprint car and a normal guy, if you look at a late model, you can see there's a thousand things you can change in about five minutes. Yeah. A sprint car doesn't look that complicated, but it's more complicated because of the way it's engineered with torsion bars, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But there's still a lot of things you can adjust on a sprint car. Yeah. Late models, I would say, are way more harder to set up but sprint cars little things make a big difference and there's so many different ways that you can treat one problem but you have to figure out the balance of how every action has equal and opposite reactions so right. if you do an adjustment somewhere it's going to affect somewhere else yeah. somewhere so if you're tight on entry you can loosen it up on entry but then that'll kill your roll center in the center of the corner so you just have to find that good balance with the driver and stuff like that like you talked about, a uh, great year last year. Ended it kind of on a high note with winning the second night of the Race Saver Nationals. 
So I think you ended up starting fourth row inside. Yeah, we were really, we didn't have the motor that we wanted, or the motor that we wanted actually blew up on the dyno the day before the Nationals. Oh. So, and that was the one we won four or five races with at Eagle that year. So we're with kind of our second little, called our little motor. So, but yeah, we were really fast that Saturday of the Nationals, and we were pretty confident going into Sunday. But the Nationals is just so hard because with the way Roger does the track, he tills it completely, and you know it's going to slick off, but you don't know exactly when it's going to slick off or how much it's going to slick off. So you want to be there at the end. So you want to go on a more slicker side of the setup, but you have to be able to stay up there and maintain that in the beginning of the race yeah. when it's heavy. So I feel like if we could just finish the race, we've had a problem with that. Like he <laughs> tapped the wall, I think like five or six laps in, and I saw the right rear shock was broke. And so Joey and I were kind of butting heads on this one, but I called him to the pits. I'm like, I can fix this in a second. So I got the shock off, put the new shock back on, but then we also saw the Jacob's ladder was met. So they went and ran and got a Jacob's ladder, which I didn't agree with, but they did. I, didn't, I knew we didn't have much time, but we got it off, and we went to put it back on, and we used the same pins that go across, and one of the pins happened to be slightly bent, so we couldn't get the pin all the way in, and then that's where it ended, and it's very unfortunate, because I feel like we had a really good setup that he probably could have got to the front and maybe had a chance to win. And that was uh, during feature night on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, it's always those little things that it just seems like it, it more often than not, it's a nut or a bolt that costs... The championship, the, the speed, the whatever it was. I knew it was really early in the race that I knew I could get it fixed, and I'm confident in Joey enough that I know he can get back to the front. I mean, he does every week. He starts 18th yeah. or 16th or 18th every week. I knew he could get back to the front if we could just get it fixed because I don't – him and I disagree, but I don't think there's any way we were going to finish that race with a race car if he would have kept going. So. Yeah. You got – last year was a peak year for you guys, at least – Time will tell if it was the peak year. You were at your top performance. I think you get, it's going into that, everyone was saying the same thing. I heard more watch out for the 14 than I did watch out for the 12. Um, <laughs> but after that first night, we, everybody watched Tyler Druke and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> the Nationals is different. So during the year, the features usually get really slick. And Tyler would agree with me because I've talked to him about it. We're better than him when it's slick, but he's way better than us when it's heavy. So the first night of the Nationals, it's usually pretty heavy, and that's when we kind of struggle a little bit. But the second night, since there's more laps on the dirt and stuff, it slicks off pretty fast, and that's where we get it. So we just have to be better when it's tacky, and I feel like this year we actually made an engine builder change, and we made a camshaft change, and it made a lot better numbers than even our motor did last year. Yeah. So hopefully that'll make us even better this year. Do you guys feel like you let it get away from you last year? Or is it more the mentality of, we're on our game now, we've got 2022, probably 2023, or do you feel like last year got away from you and you might have missed your opportunity? I feel like we have a chance every race to win, Yeah, honestly. Um, just we have to put a whole night together. I feel like sometimes Kevin and I tend to overthink the Nationals and we do these wholesale changes, whether that's a different chassis or different motor and stuff where it kind of gets us out of our rhythm so like the car that we've he wrecked i think three or four weeks before the nationals so we had to switch cars and then we switched motors and then we just tend to change things so i feel like if we can just start 
the year with the same car and motor and get all the way to the nationals and then run it with that combination, we'll be a lot better. But I don't know. I feel like we just get so, oh, it's the nationals. We got to be perfect. Right. And then we just overthink it. And there's some guys that, you know, I I joke with like Adam Gullian because there's times I go into the pits and I'm like, okay, what happened? And he goes, oh, the driver screwed that up. I, I felt like I had to change something. So I made some changes, and if I'd have just stayed with the car, mm-hmm. left the changes in there, we'd have been fine. It's, I, 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 I guess I noticed that a lot at Eagle, especially with the sprint car guys, that sometimes they get so excited, they're like, okay, the track's doing this, we've got to change something. Like There's that urge that you've got to make an adjustment after your heat race for the feature that sometimes you just let it sit. You'll be better off. And I feel like last year, when I first started helping Joey, hey, Joey, how's the car? It was good. That's all he'd say. <laughs> but I feel like I've gotten him now after working with people like Carson Macedo, David Gravel. The way they give feedback on the car helps us who are setting up the car's job so much easier because we know what he's feeling. So I feel like last year, even with our 360 stuff, but mainly, if he can tell me what exactly he's feeling in his seat, I can, I can help him. But like years prior, Joey has a car. Good. Where do you think we could better? Just a little more drive. I'm, that's, he's very broad with his answers. Yeah. And it could be anything. So I kind of just had to look at the car and interpret what I thought I was seeing without actually getting any really good feedback, which he's gotten a lot better, especially this year and yesterday when we raced I-80. So if I, if I can just get him to open up about what the car is exactly doing, it would help a lot. And he's doing better at it this year. How is uh, fatherhood affecting him? Like, I'm not saying, like, give me this. Is he, is he, because he's, I don't know him very well. James Rowland of Rowland Race News knows a hell of a lot better than I do. He's hard to get to know. He's such a chill guy. He's just like Jason, honestly. So, Jason is Kevin's brother. Yeah. And Joey and Jason are very much alike. And I think Jason helped Joey a lot when he first started racing a sprint car. And everyone who knows Jason knows he's quiet until you get to know him. Yeah. And Joey's the same exact way. I feel like Joey's like uh, 30% more Jason than Jason is right now. Because Jason, like, I walk through the pits and Jason will give me, like, a funny look or something. And he shows a little personality. Like, Joey's just, like, gives me a head nod. Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But is he, it, 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 you know, we've talked about a lot that I think one of the big reasons why Kyle Busch was able to win his championship was having his kid. It kind of centered him and grounded him. Do you are you sensing that at all out of Joey of like he's kind of there's a a new attitude I don't know um I wouldn't say so I mean he's tired more because the baby's crying in the <laughs> middle of the night but um uh, oh, that's why guys had wives kind of early to God. tell yet I mean poor Terry she's got to deal <laughs> with a whiny driver husband <laughs> and now she's got to deal with a with a, a a baby yeah um two babies. We'll see. Ask me this question at the end of the year, and I'll tell you my answer. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll, we'll do another. Uh, uh, we'll do a podcast up in the VIP booth at Eagle. Yeah. At the Hopefully race after we win the nationals. And, yeah, uh, on the Sunday night, right? We'll yeah, be talking Sunday about the night. Sunday night. All right. So we talked a lot about the fourteen team, uh, and you talked a little bit about helping other teams. Any plans to go and help any other teams throughout the summer, or are you going to stick with the fourteen right now? Yeah, I think years prior I've helped a bunch of different teams, and this year I kind of just want to stay with Joey most of the year and then help JJR a lot. And I think I went down with to Phil's shop, uh, I think this, uh, January, December, and um, I brought a power washer to him for their team, and I worked there for a week, and we kind of made a plan, and Clyde, their car chief right now, is expecting a kid, 
I think two weeks before the Knoxville Nationals. So Phil asked if I would fill in for him, which I'll do, and then I'll do wow. a bunch of other races. So. That's a hell of an honor to, to be filling in for somebody for the Knoxville Nationals. Not the Nationals. It's, it'll be a PVI-55. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He'll, I think he'll be back for the Nationals. I was going to say, damn, But bro. I'll still be helping him at the and Nationals. And Joey but. still won't pay you. <laughs> I don't want cheap. Joey to pay me. We need tires. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Don't say that. <laughs> I got to teach you about making money. I, well, I got to teach myself, actually, how to make money first. Then I'll teach you how to do it. No, you got to teach yourself how to not spend money. That's what you got to learn. That's true. You seem to be doing all right at the earning part. Of Another it. thing I want to say is Empire, who, I've got, who I got to help Joey this year, him, Matt Warner and Empire have helped us out a ton. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't thank him enough. I mean, we have the best equipment out of almost anybody there because of him. He's helped us just a ton, and I can't thank him enough. Awesome. And you helped secure that? Yeah. And Joey still won't pay him. <laughs> I'm going to keep harping on this till that man pays you. I don't, if he pays you a dollar. He, he helps. Okay. I was going to ask if he buys you a beer, but he obviously doesn't do that since no, you're not 21. No, never does that. Joey doesn't even really drink. Gives you a pop, really. right? Yeah. Nice Mountain Dew. Yeah. What do you drink? I actually gave up pop, so That's lemonade good. or Gatorade or something like that. That's a good call. Yeah. All right. Anything else we got to talk about? Oh. Um, hope i talked to you a lot on the front stretch this yeah. year okay Th that'll happen I, yeah, I this is the front stretch <laughs> yeah here and at eagle yeah at eagle yeah that's the more important one all right man uh you want to have any sponsors i mean do you want to try to list off any of your sponsors anybody helped you out i'll list joey's sponsors um empire <laughs> fence and netting uh the wave uh my salesman, which helped, just came on this year. Another one of Matt. So Matt actually has three companies on our car. Empire is one. The Wave Jeez. is the other. And My Salesman is the other one. So they've What's, helped us out a lot. What is this My Salesman? Somebody else was talking about that. Who? Somebody else was talking about the My Salesman. Uh, Druki. Yeah. yeah Matt, what is that? Uh, it's a software that they use for their fencing company. So if you go to their website, empire-fence.com, you can map out their... Uh, it's called... It's, My Salesman is a fencing tool, which they sell to other fencing... Um, people in the industry so it's a software that they use where you can use Google or maps and stuff and map out and it gives you an estimate right there okay does he do chicken fencing probably he'll do I'm, anything I might need to have him come by and do a chicken fence they do a lot more than just fencing they do anything yeah and they did the fencing in Eagle for uh, yeah. the carts yeah, they did that, and they replaced the turns one and two fencing. I know they were talking about it. They had to put it on hold because, you know, I don't know if anybody had noticed, we've, we've had some shortages lately. Yeah. And I, I remember him saying something like, yeah, well, they got enough to take care of their customers, but they didn't want to overextend themselves. So we're waiting on the turns one and two fences, but they got those done? Uh, yeah, they got them. They, did, they were done last year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And didn't somebody take out the fence in turn three on the cart? Probably. <laughs> I think one, one Friday night, one of the carts got a little crazy and, and took out part of the fence. So they had to go back out and, excuse me, and fix, fix those. So, yep. All right. Who else? Um, Speedway Motors Racing Engines, Speedway Shocks, um, Automotive Services, Nissan Hardwood Floors, Clean Right Sweeping. And, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. And you guys mentioned that you had switched uh, Pat Eccles. How you doing, buddy? Good. You, you want to sit down and talk to us? Are you sponsored by Eccles Heating and Air? <laughs> no, but we have room on the car if you want to sponsor. <laughs> that man, somebody said, uh, I can. 
Go, yeah. <laughs> Pat Eccles, uh, safety crew out at I-80 Speedway and also uh, goes down to Kansas Speedway and does safety and then obviously owns Eccles Heating and Air. Uh, still can't thank that man enough. He got off of a plane from vacation, answered my phone call, drove home, got changed, drove to my house, and got my heater working. Hey, Pat, I told you he'd believe that story forever. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. I fell for it. Uh, so you guys switched to Speedway Motors for your horsepower? Yep. Yeah. After everything that happened last year, I feel like it was the best thing for our team. And yeah, it uh, helped us out a lot. And, and I mean, it, for those that don't know, uh, there was two, tech, two wins that were taken away because of uh, illegal engine parts that you got. Because created of the no way advantage, that, by the what's way. What's that? That created no advantage, by the yeah. way. And was actually... And I was actually told that it created a disadvantage for anybody listening. So. <laughs> the way the, the race saver engines are set up, you guys can't change those. No, we can't. There is no possible way that we can get inside of the engine um, with the seals and stuff. So. And the seals were still yes. locked. They weren't yeah. broke. Nope. And I know it happened once, and I know you guys were very upset about it, and then it happened a second time. And for most things, when, when something on that level happens for a second time, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Come on. What are we doing here? Yeah. Was it the same engine or did, or, or did you make it? It was the same engine. Okay. So we got DQ'd the second race of the year, and it was the same motor that got teched at the Nationals. We didn't touch it over the winter or anything, and then it magically gets illegal over the winter, I guess. So that happened, and then the second time was an illegal valve, which created a disadvantage is what I was told, but yeah. yet we were still disqualified. So. Yeah. And it, with a former tech official sitting next to me, when we've talked about this, uh, I mean, I, when so that happens, I, so, yeah. yeah, when when that happens, I think back to the big scale of like Matt Kenseth's engine got busted at Kansas for being illegal, and it basically people were just saying that, I mean, it was off by I want to say grams because right. it was a it was, it was a, a piston rod assembly. Yeah. One one out of the eight was too light, and more likely than not, it created an. Uh, a vibration in the engine. Uh, harmonic. Harmonic so balance it, went out. It definitely, it wasn't a performance enhancer, but it still was outside of the rules, so you had to get disqualified. Yeah. Like, there's, it, it would get pretty muddy if they're like, well, in our opinion, that's not an advantage, so. Yeah. You don't, we can't you get know. mad at the tech people. They're yeah. just doing their job. I mean, Dean is a really hardworking guy. I'm friends with him, and he, he tells me all the time it's the worst part of his job to DQ his friends, but he has to do it. And Dirk liked doing it. No. He got a sick... He's no, but I, I earned their respect. I earned their trust. <laughs> the it, guy that, that I did carburetor tuning for for like four years before I became a tech guy, the second year I was a tech guy, he was two cubic inches too big. The only guy that knew it was me and him. And I DQ'd him, and he called me the next day. He said, thank you. I still know you're honest. <laughs> that happens to be our sponsor now. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've known Rick a long time. <laughs> I think uh, we've probably covered everything. Yeah, I think so. You dating anybody? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yep. Would I know her? No. Or him? <laughs> what? I'm just... <laughs> I don't no. assume these days. <laughs> wow. wow. I don't assume these days. College girl? Uh, she's a senior in high school. Okay. We, we were dating in high school. Yeah. And we still are, so yeah. Is that kind of an awkward thing of like you're like the college guy now and she's... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But she likes going to the races. She yeah. was there last night. Good. So, yeah. Good. You got her helping out on the team yet? or No. <laughs> She's Just, not mechanically inclined. She's not a mud scraper yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there's an important rule in racing. Don't put your girlfriend or wife in charge of the Facebook page if you're cheating on her. 
<laughs> Do you remember that a few years ago? There was a, some national driver, I don't remember who it was, got caught cheating on his wife. She ran his Facebook page, and so she... Oh, was it that late model guy? I think so. In St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Tyler Carpenter. Yep. That, I think that's right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that so, was funny. Rule number one in, in date... Well, it's probably not rule number one, but don't do that. Well, it's a good thing I control Joey's page. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cole, always do love talking to you. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Thursday with another new podcast of the Front Stretch. We'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come and so much more. Make sure you listen Thursday to the Front Stretch. Like it up, share it up, help us continue to grow. The longest running all racing talk show in the, in the uh, metro area. Like I said, we'll be back on Thursday to do it all over again. Big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners for being a great financial advisor uh, even though his cubic engine may be a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, Quaker Steak and Lube and Taylor Computers and Repair for all the technical support. We'll be back on Thursday to, to uh, entertain one more time. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Have a great week. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17.